In today's global economy, we can connect anywhere to anyone. This provides us with tremendous opportunities to refine our careers and lifestyles. Want to escape your boring nine to five job and bring your ideas to fruition while living out your dreams? Listen up, because freedom is the new rich. And this is The Power of Thought with Brandon Webb. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 57 of Power of Thought. I've got a uh, special guest, uh, Laird Hamilton, in studio via Skype today. And you're in Hawaii, Laird? Uh, actually in Malibu. Oh, Malibu, nice. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. But freedom's the new rich. I'm, I'm like, I love that. that yeah. I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? It's like, I feel like, um, especially today's economy, it's never been easier to kind of create your own, um, your own kind of self-defined career and and really like i think you you and i know by now we've been on the planet long enough to realize like time is everything and i see so many people is stuck in these careers and they're doing things that their friends or parents or society kind of push them into and they're just not happy so that's the kind of theme of the show is having people on that have kind of created their own career and i mean i can't think of a better better guests to have on. I mean, I know your background and you, you have no, by no means a traditional career whatsoever. Um, but we have layered on today to talk about uh, Life Rider, your book that comes out on March 12th. Um, yeah. Life Rider, Heart, Body, Soul and Life Beyond the Ocean. Um, so available for pre-order now. So I hope you guys go out there and pre-order the book because the pre-orders do matter. Um, if you want to follow Laird, LairdHamilton.com, uh, Laird Life on Twitter, that's at Laird Life on Twitter, and then on Instagram, at Laird Hamilton Surf. But great to have you on the show, and yeah, excited to dig in and learn a little bit, bit about uh, Laird. Yeah, uh, well, uh, maybe I can learn something too at this point <laughs> about Laird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. Um, I always kind of get into the origin story, so I'd love to just, you know, maybe you know, condense it as much as you want, but just give the listeners an idea of, you know, how, you know, where you uh, got to where you are today. I know you have a fascinating background, but I know our, our listeners would be um, super interested just hearing about, you know, I know you're born in San Francisco, moved to Hawaii with your mom, but just give us that origin story. Yeah. Well, uh, my mom was a, you know, a child of the sixties and, uh, fell in love with her high school sweetheart and got, uh, you know, got pregnant very, you know, very young and, uh, and being the sixties and my, 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 uh, my, I call him my birth father. He, he, he wanted to be a merchant Marine. So my mom went to San Francisco and figured out a way to, to, you know, to have me there and, and then felt like, you know, Vietnam was going on and everything that was happening uh, it seems like every generation always feels like, you know, it's it's the end or can it get any worse or look at all this stuff that's happening. But moved to Hawaii, you know, took me to Hawaii to kind of escape what, you know, they were calling the rat race. And uh, and we first moved to Maui and then I went from Maui. We went to Oahu. Uh, my mom fell in love with with a 
a, a professional surfer who I introduced her to and, and, uh, you know, I, 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 and, and then I, and then we went to another outer Island on the Island of Kauai and I, I was raised there, uh, and, and was raised ultimately with, you know, was raised, uh, with a lot of Hawaiian people and, and, and in that culture, surfing is the, you know, that's their, the sport of Kings. So they have a lot of, because you're a waterman and the, and their whole culture was based around the ocean, obviously being on an Island, uh, you, you, you know, you survive, uh, you travel on the ocean, you, you get your subsidies from the ocean, everything's around the ocean. So if you're, um, you know, and, and, and I can go again, the story's a lot longer, obviously, but, uh, and continues on, but it, you know, you, I grew up under kind of some Nate, uh, you know, some, uh, some racial prejudice when I was real young, just being a, a white, a white, uh, what we say in Hawaii, Howley. And, uh, which I, I think, you know, uh, you know, what is that old thing that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up, I kind of grew up under that kind of pretext where, you know, and, and, and I think what didn't kill me or hasn't yet, um, has kind of not only maybe not made me stronger, but helped me survive, uh, in the world, you know, and, 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 uh, and, and be where I am today and kind of give me everything that I have today and my family, my career. I mean, everything's based on kind of that philosophy of kind of trying to push the boundary. Have you read that book by Mishner on Hawaii? Um, I, I know the book. Yeah. I, I, I know that he says Nepal, the Nepali coast is the most beautiful place in the world, but I haven't, I haven't really like not when I was a kid, I, I dabbled in it when my mom had it, yeah. but I never really, I didn't really, I should probably go back and it's amazing, man. I, I read it. it. My parents, um, took my sister and I on a cruise from Ventura to, uh, Australia I made it to Tahiti. A small one, just a yeah. little cruise. <laughs> I, I made it to Tahiti on our our forty seven foot catch. My dad threw me off the boat, but uh, that's a whole nother story. Mutiny. Yeah, mutiny. Yeah, and yeah. the valley. Um, but I read that book. Um, it was fascinating, like incredible his like it's a, it's a novel, but the fiction reference. I mean, it's references history, but it's amazing about how you know Hawaii was was established by the Polynesians, and then just kind of how you know the the uh, original settlers there and then how the kind of Asian influence, but it was, it was fascinating. And even in, um, not to go on a tangent, but, the when World War II happened and the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, like the Hawaiian islands aside from the mainland were really protective of that, of the Japanese, uh, on, on the island where they were really treated poorly on the mainland. So it was just, just some, a great book. Yeah. For- well, because it's, it's uh, you know, the Japanese are, uh, uh, are really an intricate part of our culture there, too. So we're, uh, we say Hanai. In Hawaii, we have a term called Hanai. And I think they have a similar one in Afghanistan and some other places. But it's like when you become part of the family, when they take you in, then you're just like the family. Then it's yeah. just like you become a brother or sister and you have all of the pros and cons of you know, of being in that <laughs> position. So they would, that's, you know, that make that makes sense that they, that they would do that, you know, that they'd be protective of their, of their kind. Yeah. But great book. I mean, for anyone listening, um, yeah. James Mishner, he also wrote a book on Afghanistan called caravans. It's one of his shorter books, but, um, speaking that of, sounds like more, that sounds more like my stuff. <laughs> yeah. I didn't book. have a TV on the boat, man. So I was like, I just was forced to read. There's nothing else to ah. do. 
Um, Especially when those boat, the, the speed those boats go, you're going to be a while. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We and we had a slow catch. Yeah, yeah it was like I think the Bucky whole speed Greger. was like yeah, seven knots. It was brutal. Yeah. Um, I hate when seven <laughs> knots is your top speed. It's just all bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's brutal. all bad. <laughs> yeah, slow boat to China comes to mind. Um, but give me or, or us an idea. Like, what's the story behind Life Rider and the inspiration behind the book? Uh, you know, I had another book, uh, about 15 years ago, uh, uh, for called force of nature, which was a little bit more about fitness, kind of fitness and kind of health and wellness, mind, body, and soul. And of course, uh, and, and, and this is kind of a, uh, I had an opportunity to work with an author, um, out of, out of England and, uh, who, who's done some great, he does some, you know, some great work and, and, it, you know, for me, I felt like there was, you know, some philosophical kind of, you know, philosoph. It's more based on philosophy. Yeah. And uh, and I'm learning. You know, the great thing about the book is I've, I've I've been learning a bunch of kind of interesting thing about island kind of islanders and their and how islanders have kind of certain philosophies and approach things in a certain way. And uh, and, and I didn't realize how much influence um, being raised on an island had. I mean, I knew, listen, Hawaii and, and being raised in Hawaii has had an instrumental, uh, a monumental influence on me and, and kind of affected my kind of whole life uh, in many different ways. But as an islander, I didn't realize that there was some kind of natural kind of uh, approaches to, to, to life that you go about and and when you, when I was, you know, when I, as I started to learn some of the things, I realized that, you know, kind of my rebellious, kind of more courageous uh, approach into the ocean, and some of these things were pretty much very stereotypical of of, of an islander. So it was yeah. kind of there was something unique about that. Yeah, I we didn't get an advanced copy, but I, I promise you, I will read the book and and give a review. Um, and I'm looking forward to it, but I, I kind of identified with the whole life beyond the ocean piece because it's, you know, like the SEAL team is a big part of my life and I don't ever want to forget that piece, but it's like after a while, it's like, it doesn't, I don't want it to define, you know, my whole whole existence. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, you also have three daughters. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I have three kids. I have my girls in the middle, but man, she has a wrapped around wrapped around her finger um that's that's what they do they're professional yeah so i was gonna actually which dovetails into the the next question i was gonna ask like can you describe one of your most challenging um events in life and just kind of how you dealt with that and and overcame that challenge well i I think right i mean honestly i would I, i would say uh you know being being uh being a, a, a husband and a father and, you know, and I mean, as a, as a man, you know, that's part of your evolution, right? We're, we're young, we're single, we're courageous. Then we get a little older and we're not single and we're courageous. And then we get kids and, you know, we're, 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 uh, not young and, and we're still trying to be courageous. And, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like that's the, that being a father, I think uh, of all the things, because within that you're, you know, you're a husband and, and, and as well. And, and I think that's the, you know, the, the most challenging thing. I, I mean, listen, I've been, 
you know, I've had a, a bunch of different, you know, avalanche, lost at sea, blah, blah. I can go into all the all the kind of more glamorous, uh, you know, survival things. But but really being a father, I, I think, is the most challenging thing that that by far that I've ever experienced. And, you know, a little bit is, is I think there's a certain aspect of, of, you know, kind of having combat with yourself. Yeah. Uh, because there are they are you and you are them and so there's an aspect of being a, a father and there's a vulnerability to that 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 I don't think I ever experienced quite like that like like you know that they're their own people but somehow you're so affected by how they are if they're okay I mean when they're babies you put them in the car and they, as they drive out the driveway I, I mean I don't think I've ever felt more vulnerable uh, in, in my life than yeah. when you know because you know that if anything ever happens to them how what you know, that it would, it would just, it would be worse than something happening to you, obviously. So it's, it's just no matter what it was. And so I think that's a, you know, that's part of that learning, that evolution as a human. I think, you know, that's why I believe parenting. And, and I think also, I think also to your kids were really sent here to tire you out so you can die. Um, <laughs> but, but, but they, they do a good job at that. They wear uh, you, you know, they wear you down and, 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 uh, you know, jump on you when you're weak, and and then they bring you the most kind of the most uh, joy and the and the greatest kind of fulfillment that you've ever experienced. So it's you know it, it's it, you're t- you're crying, you're laughing, you're you know. They're, yeah, they're, my my daughter, she's 14 now, but she she's really artistic and got into making movies on her iPad. But she sent me this Father's Day video last year like this edit of our travels in Europe I took her and her best friend to Europe last year and I I cried like a baby yeah (laughs) Yeah. it was just and that was just such a I mean I couldn't imagine a a better Father's Day gift than that but do you and Gabby have a parenting like what's your parenting philosophy well I think the fortunate thing for Gabby and I is that we're both kind of have the same values values you know I mean obviously male female um, you know perspective but which I think is important. That's what, what, you know, that's what these, the, these kids need. They need mom and dad. That's why there is mom and dad. Yeah. But, uh, but that being said, I think we both have a similar value, like our, our, just our values, the way what's important, what's not important. I think that's probably one of the critical aspects of our, our of our parenting. And we, and we, we, uh, make sure to always kind of be on the same team, even yeah. if we don't necessarily agree completely with, what the other one's doing, we're still on the same team. We don't, we, we cause that way we kind of try to avoid divide and conquer. Oh yeah. They like to do that. <laughs> yeah. The divide and conquer thing. I mean, I obviously they know, uh, I mean, it's like they choose their battles, right. And, 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 and they wait for whoever's vulnerable to attack. Um, but which is, you know, I, I think it's, it's part of, you know, their mission here. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, you know, her, both of us, and, and, you know, both of us had different, you know, we had, um, kind of, kind of different, our, our childhood and our, and our parenting that we, that we were exposed to was different, um, then, but I, I you know, it's, it's interesting because people go, well, you, you know, you're not from a, 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 a normal family. And I'm like, well, really broken families are actually more normal than what we would call normal families. It's more unique to really have a couple together with the children. hundred percent. To me, in my opinion, than it is to, than it is to, to come from a broken or, or a, or a, you know, ongoing broken family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree with that. And it's, you know, you, you look at it cause I thought I had a nor- normal childhood and 
you know, my I was raised by hippies, and my dad yeah. was Canadian, and he moved to Malibu. Actually, he was burning draft cards with his buddies on the weekend. <laughs> Picked my mom and her girlfriend hitched up hitchhiking in Malibu Canyon. That's how they met. Um, yeah. But you know, you have this childhood, and you're like, oh, but everybody has a different experience, right? Because there is no normal childhood. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I think that's a great thing about that. That's what makes us all unique. And, you know, you can come from any scenario. We do. I think sometimes Gavin, I do find it interesting where I think both her and I in our, you know, and we're never, we're never complaining about like, oh, we're so we had such this, you know, not a great upbringing, but let's just say we had you know, there were things about our upbringing that created a certain amount of stress, yeah. right? A certain yeah. amount of tension. And, and we don't, and somehow we don't really have that as much in our, like in our life, just yeah. in general. And yet sometimes, and we know intuitively that that stress really helps us yeah. grow and evolve. And, and so, and then we see our kids and we're like, you know, they're not, there's not, they're not having enough stress. And we're, we, but, they, but, you know, somebody said, they go, well, you know, maybe they can just take where you left off and carry on from there, which is like, which is great, you know, but, but we, we do always have that in our mind. It's like, you know, that, you know, you see that in, in, when you look around and you watch people parenting, you're like, you know, you see, you see people that, that, you know, the most strict kids, you know, most strict parents have the most radical kids. And then the people that are all radical have these very conservative kids. I mean, the influence that parents have on their kids you know, I usually say is unfortunately it's what, you know, not to do more than what to do is the majority of the best teaching. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's, I mean, the, I'd love to do a show just on parenting, but it's like love the show, the kids love, so, expose them to all sorts of different disciplines, some travel. And that's like, if yeah. you do that and let For them sure. discover their own thing, like that's to me the best. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then maybe try and nudge in some healthy stress, right? Because I think you yeah. know, even you know, pushing my son who's 15 to ride the subway you know, yeah. on his own. You know, yeah. go get your car, ride yeah. it, and get from point yeah. A to point B. And it's like, oh, yeah, no. yeah. yeah, do it. Exactly. It's healthy. Well, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's interesting that um, there's a, a, a woman by the name of Byron Katie who does a lot of great stuff um, with people. And, you know, she, she said – um, we're, we know her and we were, we were doing something with her and she said to us, she said, uh, the, the, the number one most important thing that you can do for your children is to be happy. Yeah. She said, if you can show your children what happiness looks like, then that probably can have the biggest and the most profound effect on your children, anything that you do. And so, and so I, um, you know, I, I think that 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 really made a that made a lot of sense to me because she was like, because then if they can see what it look happiness looks like, maybe they can find it themselves. Because yeah. I think a lot of people, there's so many people out there that aren't aren't happy, and so then they have we have these children, we're not happy. Then the kids look around and all they see is people that aren't happy, and so then I wonder why they're not happy. It's like it goes right with the, you know, yeah, with, it's like the, the modeled behavior. Yeah, yeah, and so and, and so to have to. And, and, you know, and happiness comes in all different forms, but it, I think it, it, it connects to contentment. It, it connects to it connects to you uh, having a, a mission, having a purpose. This is all connected to 
you know, yeah. the foundation of happiness. The right? Japanese like, call it like ikigai, right? It's like purpose. It's like finding yeah. your purpose. Doesn't matter if you're the best gardener on the planet, but that's your purpose yeah. and what you love and what gets you. You up can in the find world. happiness within your purpose. Yeah. If you don't have a purpose, it's hard to find any any contentment or any happiness. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. So I I got a couple more topics, um, but you, yeah. I, I'm probably on the same side of the fence with you on this whole masculinity and it's like okay to be a guy um, yep. as much as it's okay to you know it's also okay to be gay if that's who you are, who you are um, but there's just like I feel like especially living in a city like New York you know where they're you know the American psychology organization came up with this toxic masculinity and I'm like it just doesn't it seems like manhood is almost under attack when it's like hey it's okay to be a to be a man and yeah. to be a woman. And, you know, but it, do you have any thoughts on that? Because it's, it's something that I, I got interviewed by Forbes this morning and she, the, the gal asked me that, what I yeah. thought about toxic masculinity, but I'm just curious. If well, you, I, you know, I, I mean, listen, I think that that's a, a highly, uh, you know, controversial subject at this point. I mean, I, I feel, um, obviously there are some, some, repercussions for, you know, massive amounts of testosterone and being, being, uh, masculine. I think there's some, you know, it's like everything bright, light, dark shadow. Um, I, I kind of, I have a a kind of a feeling about like that, that I think part of our unhealthiness is leading to our, 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 uh, confusion that we're slightly confused um, about roles and and who and how the roles should be because there we we're not as healthy as we should be we're not as connected to nature as we should be um, and so I and I feel like that's a I think that's a deeper conversation when it comes to um, kind of the confusion about about you know whose roles um, you know I, I just know like I, I know for me. Um, in, in my relationship with Gabby and my respect for, uh, you know, my mother, my, for women in general, um, you know, I, I know that, that there are certain things that I'm just predisposed to be kind of good at. Yeah. And there's certain, certain things that Gabby's predisposed to be really good at. And some of those things are different than each other. Yeah. And I'm not predisposed to be good at everything that she's good at. And she's not predisposed to be everything I'm good at. And I think together, uh, it makes, it makes a, a uh, an incredible combination that's, you know, that's why we're all here. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I know. I, I saw like, yeah. you know, and again, New York isn't one of my favorite cities, but, uh, you know, I see these these um, women wearing the future female, future is female shirts. I'm like, come on, the future is everybody. It's all of us. Ah. It's not one yeah. group or the other. It's like it's everybody. It takes. Yeah, it takes, well, that's, I mean, there's a certain, I mean, listen, uh, uh, the, there would be no, daughters without fathers you know yeah so, yeah 100%. I mean, I, listen I, i'm surrounded by by <laughs> women and, and i love and i you know and i love i love my girls i love women and in general and you know it, it, it it's yeah you know again i, I it's it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a subject that it's it's hard to it's a controversial subject that that uh you know that that i believe um we're going to have to deal with at some point, you know, it's interesting um, that where they like in Scandinavian countries where they do, they're kind of the most socially 
uh, forward of any place in the world. And when they let men and women, uh, you know, choose their own uh, paths that, you know, they say that men are interested in things and women are interested in people. Yeah. And that ultimately, when you go in, 86 percent of all engineers are going to be men and 86 percent of all you know, nurses were going to be women. Yeah. And it's just, but it's, and it's just, that's the natural. And that's when people get to choose. That's not saying, Hey, you, you have to go there and, or men only or women only It's none of that. It's just, it's, it's free choice. And, and every, and women choose to, you know, and I, I always told, I, I'm Gabby laughs at me cause I'm always like, you know, men choose things because that's how they attract women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You know, yeah. so, Men choose things because, you know, we make houses and we build all this stuff. 99% of our, our thing is really like, okay, our, a male's whole thing about accumulating wealth. Well, what, what's that for? Yeah. Ultimately, that our strength or knowledge or all, all these things Provider. are really yeah. on attracting a woman, yeah. like getting a woman to, to – to, to, to. now, you know, the abuse of all of, you know – it's like everything in when it's in its right spot works, but the abuse of any of it creates, you know, a lot of it. And I think, I think, I mean, I feel like one of our biggest issues is that we just have too much free time right now. Like we have too much free, like too much time to think about stuff and not really, we're not forced into actually really having to survive. Like we have been evolved. And, yeah. you know, I, um, uh, I, you know, it's, it's. And that happened I, quick, right. From a, from a, uh, you know, you look at how many years the the planet is old, like evolution wise, like we got to that place you're describing like really quickly. And now, we, oh, yeah, like, yeah. And when we're, and we haven't evolved into the present spot we're yeah. in where we've evolved a certain other place. And then now we're here and it's, and it's, it's a, you know, and, and I think if men aren't men, women aren't going to be attracted to us. Yeah. We're not, women are not going to like us to not be, now I'm not saying being a chauvinist, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, but, you know, and those are the negative, yeah. but you know, there's on all sides, we can, we can always look at the extremes of every group and be like, that's make, you can't say that's the whole group and you can't say that's not how they, I mean, we need to be, I think there's going to be some real problems if, if, if men stop being men, I mean, yeah. our environments are neutering us and, and it's, you know, every kind of ke- poisonous chemical attacks testosterone. I mean, it's plastic mimics estrogen. I mean, we have some real, real environmental issues that are affecting the way men are. And I think that if it continues on, it's going to be really confusing because it's going to be because if men are men, then I think there's going to be a breakdown in, 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 the, in the, you know, in the structure in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the, in the in evolved structure of how the system was designed. It's like, this is not, this is, this is, I feel like this is a real, you know, this is a real thing. And, you know, for me, I, I've always felt like, uh, you, you know, I have daughters, I have a beautiful wife. I have, I had an incredible mother, like my relationship with women, um, is 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 you know i i don't know anybody that has better ones i don't and yet yet i i consider myself a male like i'm i'm a masculine male and and you know i think a a great woman has an an ability to to understand a, a man because she understands the male side of herself and a great man has has the ability to understand a woman because he understands the feminine side of himself and so i think it's really 
that has to do that has a lot more to do with any than all of it than anything. Yeah. And the people are somehow fearing the other one. Maybe they fear that with it, which was what's in themselves. Yeah, like it's like I <laughs> even uh, Tony Robbins gave it. He he gave a good talk on that. I, I'm friends with his son Jarek, and uh, we were watching this. And he was talking about masculine and feminine energy and in relationships yeah. and yeah. if that gets well, off, whether you're gay or not, like in the yeah. gay relationships, yeah. there's a male female. I yeah, mean. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, so I want to talk about your career, but before that, can can uh, you talk just about the mentality that goes into into the big wave surfing? Because I mean, you were really me growing up. You know, you're, I'm um, you know yeah. too much older than I am, but I, I mean, I grew up and kind of watching this progression of big wave surfing and then the, the you know the stuff that you did uh, the pioneer the toe yep. stuff at jaws and stuff but you just talk about the mentality that goes in into that because i feel like there are some similarities to the you know just the people that do extreme stuff right even in the seal teams yep. to and and i'm sure well, you've been I, I scared like people Sorry, would, go ahead. no i was just gonna say like people go they're my last book i wrote on on using fear as a, as a tool and an, an advantage, but people are like surprised, like, Oh, you're a Navy SEAL. You're not scared. I'm like, no, actually I was like scared to death a lot of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, that's a sign of intelligence in my opinion. Yeah. If you're not scared, then you're not assessing correctly. Yeah. And if you're in a situation that you're, you could die easily, you know, and, and intelligence tells you that you just look, okay, there's a guy over there and he's trying to shoot me. Chances are, if I get sick, my head up, I might get shot. Yeah. I mean, that to me, you know, I, I think that the, you know what's interesting is I think that 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 there's a certain formulaic process that you do whenever you do anything, and if you look at anybody who does anything dangerous, they all can relate to each other very very well because I I think that it's a little bit like as different as we are, we still all when everything's right or normal or should I say when everything is you know is is you have two hands and two legs two eyeballs and nose two ears and a mouth so there's not that much variety in in who you know physically what we are so there there can't be that much difference in the way we go about doing certain things there just can't it just doesn't and, and we don't and and so doing things i think that when there's you know there's risk takers and and you see people i, I always I always kind of resented the fact that people go, oh, you're an adrenaline junkie and da da da, or you're just a, you know, you're a daredevil because somehow all these terms kind of, it was like a disclaimer, like, oh yeah, well, you're, you're, you're like foolhardy. Like somehow you're just taking risks without really uh, assessing stuff. And, I, and I'm like, well, yeah, maybe you can do that once. Maybe you can do that twice, but you can't live that way and do it on a regular basis every day. Yeah, not without, sustainable. It's not yeah. sustainable. Unless you're unless you're really going about it in a real methodical uh, way, and you know what do they say? Slow and smooth is fast. Yeah. You know that's a military that's yes. a military quote. But yep. I really I find myself relating philosophically a lot to a lot of uh, a lot of seals and a lot of and all the guys that that do in different genres that do that are risk takers. I can relate to aspects of what they do. I can recognize the ones that are, that are a little loose and a little wild. And yeah. some guys, those make it, some guys don't, some guys do. Um, I can recognize that. I see that. I go, oh, that's one way. You know, we always say there's three ways you go about doing dangerous things. There's, you know, there's denial, ignorance, and then there's operating within your experience and understanding. Yeah. And then there's a combination of all those, a little bit of denial, some ignorance, 
a lot of experience, you know, Which I whatever think, the combo is. Did you see Free Solo? Alex Honnold. I, I have it. I haven't oh, seen man. it. I so I know. Good. I know already. I know the. Yeah. I but I know. It. I mean, I know yeah. that. I know. I know his work. Uh, he, I, I was friend with Dan Osmond when yeah. he broke Dan's record on that on the Devil's Leap and. One thing that really I'm glad came across in the movie. I hope for myself. I hope for others. But it, it, he was so methodical about the entire route and just visualizing it over and over each handhold yeah, every move and, yeah every just, every piece yeah, just yeah basically to mitigate the risk you know for sure yeah well and, and you know it's, uh, i can i can because i can't speak to you know free uh climbing uh you know that that in yosemite but i but i can i can say from my perspective and the things that we do the more risk there is the slower we go and the more deliberate we are and yeah. the more we go you know pre-check the pre-check the pre-check it's like you just go and and even in the most kind of critical moments when you when when it would be easy to just kind of rush that's when you go even slower and you recheck and you're okay and the thing like that you just you have a protocol and it's the same protocol you do every single day whether it's everything's breaking loose or or you got all the time in the world it just doesn't and and so there's no like there's no uh you know, you don't bring in anything new to the situation. Again, you and I and I like that's how you re, you you reduce the variables. So you just reduce the variables. It's that deliberate consistency that that I think mitigate the risk, like you said, uh, in, in a way. And you know, what's that saying? There's old and bold, no old bold pilots. Yeah. I mean, this stuff, these things aren't having. You know, they're not around for no reason. There's a reason why all of these, you know, all of these sayings have, have been around and and. Because, but I do find a, a certain uh, parallel with all yeah. philosophically and it, whatever the genre, whatever the discipline. Um, you know, we we you know our our whole approach to big wave riding was you know, and, and also on the understanding that you can you that that you have to be able to see it, like see success, yeah. know you can do it. Like these are all have belief, like visualize it. I mean, these are all basic foundational uh attributes that you have to have you have to be able to visualize you have to be able to understand it you know it's like the guy doesn't think he can free solo you know in everest because he's i mean in uh, you know in yosemite doesn't think it because it's he didn't think he couldn't and then went and did it and then wow wow i could he was sure he could do it absolutely sure without a doubt and you know we we've i can remember you know being out on a big day with some friends and I'd be like, okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'll take you. You can catch a wave today, but you have to, to you have to tell me that you know you're not going to fall. And the guy goes, well, what do you mean? I go, well, you have to just know. You have to be able to say to me, hey, I know I, I can go out right now and ride this without ever falling. And and the guy goes, well, I can't do that. I go, well, I can't tell you in. Yeah. Like I just can't. You know, it's kind of like I can't put you on a wave that you can't tell me that you that you can't be on without falling. Yeah. You know, and it, having and whether that's true or not, in fact, you still have to start there. You have to start with that kind of yeah it's almost confidence a in it. confidence check right confidence yeah confidence and not but not 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 full not foolhardy because no, there's yeah. a difference i think yeah. people misconstrue you know being scared with fear like using like you said using fear as an energy source obviously one of the most powerful if not the powerful energies that we have i mean antelopes run faster than cheetahs it's not because they're not scared it's just they want to be eaten so yeah. they're like okay 
uh, you know, it's scared. It knows like, Hey, I don't want to be eaten. If I get caught, I'm going to be eaten. And, and they, and they outrun the fastest animals in the world. So again, I think it's, uh, I think, I think that, it, you know, there's so many pieces to it that all, um, of us can relate to. Yeah. It's, and even in the back to the free solo, when he made the first attempt, like he knew he's like, I'm just not in the right mindset. Like he bailed, which takes courage too, right? To know, like self-assess, sure. like, okay, I, I have sure. all this camera crew, everything riding yeah. on this. And yeah, it's yeah. like, no, I, I'm not in the right state of mind to, to finish it. So you have to know that yeah, you don't, and, do, you, you don't do what he did without that. You yeah. have to know, no, make that line. You don't care. You don't care. You have to be able to make the call about, Hey, not today. Like, like we've, I've always talked about that, making that call, not today. We're not, yeah. and, and I don't care who's there and what it's for. None of that, because if you let any outside influences participate, then you, then you, then you aren't in you, then you're not in control. Yeah. No, I, one of the biggest gifts, I think my military experience towards the end of my career was, um, I was a part of a group of guys at the sniper program that, basically modernized our program and made it better but we were able to pull in the best in the world like the one of the guys that uh lanny basham who wrote an amazing book called with winning in mind uh, was a gold medalist but he had he put this mental management program together because he first time at the olympics he he totally he was a world champion on rifle for the army marksmanship unit and he just these Russians started chatting him up and he just completely crumbled, came back. Um, this was in 72. Just like, what happened to me? I just lost it. And um, sports psychologists at that time in the 70s, they were just like, okay, we're just going to make you okay with being second place. <laughs> He's like, that's not acceptable. But yep. so he, he ended up interviewing just the gold medalist on the team that he could get access to over, I think, a year's time, um, as well as some other folks um but you know they had the, the same fundamentals and part of the visualization piece was he he ended up um coming across this guy who was a pow from vietnam this guy was a navy pilot that got shot down and you know horrible conditions in hanoi um, as a prisoner of war and this guy played he was an avid golfer and so he was kind of how he dealt with that captivity is he'd shoot his favorite rounds of golf in his head. Uh, fast forward, he got liberated, uh, flew to North Island in San Diego, um, got off the plane, got in the ambulance to go to, to Balboa Naval Hospital, and they drove him out the back gate, and he passed the, the golf course in the back gate, and he's like, you need to stop right now. He's like, I got to shoot a round of golf. But they're like, you're crazy. You, you look like hell. Went into the clubhouse. The guys like, tried to throw him out until he told him who he was, and then he just, you know, guys were like, Tears in their eyes took him to the pro shop. This guy shot 18 holes in the worst condition of his life, par. And they were blown away, like, how is this possible? And he's like, I've been playing perfect golf in my head for four years. Like, I haven't hit a bad shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Well, they, I mean, listen, they say at the end of the day, they say with weightlifting, yeah. that people that visualize weightlifting and weightlifters, that there's a certain percentage of people that actually have the same exact result as with no weight as a guy with weights. Yeah. So that we do, I mean, listen, we know the human capacity and the mind is, is, and, 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 and definitely have making it and seeing yourself make it and, and believing you can make it and having, I mean, the the thought, you know, everybody's always talking about positive thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 some, it's a real thing. Yeah, no, 100%. It's a real, 
we saw we used to fail 30% of our sniper students and these were already highly motivated seals yeah because we were just we were not teaching uh, effectively we were pointing out mistakes and when you're a beginner learning something you're just programming them for failure and then yeah. we were setting limits so they'd ask us oh what's a good what's a good score on this shooting test we're like ah if you're in the 90s you're pretty good instead we started saying perfect and then when we started saying perfect we started having Get perfect scores. Yeah. I just saw it. And our attrition rate went from 70 to less than 1%, like overnight. And so, I, I mean, I've seen it work in real time. And I, I talk about it with my own kids. I was like, look, you know, people are going to put their insecurities and fear on you. It just It happens. But you have to learn yourself to kind of, you know, recognize when that voice creeps into your head and how to, how to basically, you know, replace it with something positive. Yeah. But yeah, well, it's and, and I think I mean I, I think that varies too with the with the person because you know I can say I was exposed growing up to some you know a lot of negative you know there'd be me and my friend and we would both be experiencing the same negative input and you know and and, and, I, and I acted one way about it and he acted another way and they were just yeah. they're really at the end of the day it was still the same input we were like experiencing the same thing but you know and. And, and so it's, it is an individual, it can be an individual thing where, you know, you, you, you know, I mean, you can, you, you can either take that negative and, you know, use that as motivation to become more positive, or you can take it and believe it and just let it, you know, drag you down, you down. the hill. So, and I think it's easy to, um, I think sometimes that's, that's this, the nature of that, that process is that one person might might actually be okay with it. And another one where if you did the right thing, you probably could lift both people. Uh, yeah. It's like solution mindset versus like problem mindset. Yeah. 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 What, um, I want to get into a little bit about your career cause, yeah. um, you know, maybe, and I, I'm sure there's purpose wrapped all, all over the place and, and it changes, right? I think, you know, our purpose as we get older, yeah. especially having children. Um, but can you just, you know, give us an idea like how, you know, you've had an amazing, fascinating, diverse career from modeling to making movies to, you know, the big wave pioneering stuff. And I, and I know, you know, you've got XPT now, Yeah. Um, but can you just give us, give us a crib notes? Well, I, you know, I think a big, a big part of my career has been, uh, to try to subsidize my, my love for the ocean to be in the ocean and not set myself up to not, you know, I, I've kind of tried to have a have the flexibility to be able to uh, move with the weather, literally. Yeah. And so, in a way, I, I've had to design a a, a life. Um, that's why when you know when they say freedom is wealth, I go well. Then I've started out wealthy, and I've been pretty wealthy <laughs> the whole time. But you know, but I'm still governed by gravity and 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 uh, mortgages. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think that you know, to believing you can, and then and then also, you know, I, I say, you know, you don't arrive at a destination that you first didn't set out to get to. You might not know the route, but you don't. You have to see, like, hey, I this is what I want to. You yeah. know, that's where I want to go um you know one of my i think one of my uh because my my stepdad was a a competitive surfer and, and was in surf contests and so i saw that as a young man and i and i vowed never to let my performance be uh kind of uh, dictated by judgment 
I mean, the audience can can judge it, but not, uh, you know, not a panel of experts because yeah. I because I felt like, you know, then they could determine your faith. And 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 uh, I, I really like, uh, you know, I, I think I, I like I began to understand that I really like the learning process of being a beginner and kind of and then evolving something and and uh, and to make it. You know, what, what my favorite saying is, you know, I really want to do what I haven't done, not continue to do what I've done. And I think that that kind of sets you free a little bit when you can get over kind of worrying about, you know, hey, I'm a basketball player and that's what I do. And everybody knows me as that. And as soon as you can kind of say, hey, listen, I'm just a human and I'm, I'm doing these different things. Um, it kind of sets you free a little bit because then you're not kind of constraining yourself by the parameters of whatever it is that that people identify you as. And so I've been able to be kind of pretty creative, uh, in my career around, you know, around the ocean and then, and then fitness and, uh, and health and wellness, just seems like the natural evolution because it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, the old saying you can never have too much fun, but they forgot the tagline, which is, but you need to be in really good shape to do it. So, cause everybody goes, Oh yeah, I can never have too much fun. I go, yeah, but you gotta be in good shape to have too much fun. Like yeah. it takes, and so taking, you know, taking, uh, kind of taking respect for, or taking, uh, uh, you know, per, taking my health as like, as like a, as like a, uh, uh, as, 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 a, as my, as my temple, you know, my body is my temple and I want to take care of it and, and get the most out of it. And, you know, when you, uh, have been hurt uh, enough times. And then, you know what that's like, you're like, mm, yeah, you start to understand better about how to take care of it. How do you want to nurture it? You know, you want to, when you're trying to learn stuff, um, you realize how important, you know, everything working well is in learning. Um, and so, uh, I, I think I spent a lot of time, uh, kind of in that creative part. I really like that. I mean, listen, my, my really based a, a career on innovation that really, it's really been about innovation, whether it's innovation in, in, in sport, innovation in nutrition, innovation in, 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 you know, in well wellness or whatever that is. I like, I like, uh, and I just like, I like that discovery process. I like that kind of creative, you know, I, cause I think it's a very deep, uh, a very connected to visualization, right? So yeah. if, if you, if you have this ability to visualize something, well, really the next place is manifesting it. Right. And then if you can manifest it, then the next thing is actually being able to use that manifestation into actual application because otherwise it's just a, you know, it's just a, I was listening to a, 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 a great brain podcast the other day and talking about, you know, in school that daydreaming, they considered that was, you weren't connecting and you weren't concentrating. And now they're discovering that daydreaming is actually probably the highest level of thinking that you can do, yeah, especially if you could take daydream into, into man, manifesting into application of the manifestation. And then, and, you know, and so I, I think I like that process. I love that idea napkin drawing okay what and 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 i think a big part of all of that really is understanding the uh, the implications of of what you what you see because if you know I, I think if you look at any good inventor or any anybody who's real creative one of their thing one of their gifts is that they can understand what that means because yeah. i can say oh yeah i did this you know, I thought about the light bulb, but I mean, way before, you know, way back and you're like, yeah, but why didn't you make one and then get everybody those light bulb kind of thing. And so, um, 
I, I like that. I think I like that's I found that that's probably the most fulfilling thing that I can, you know, other than uh, being a father and being a husband and being a friend and and then being for people, um, you know, in like I, I, I think that that helping people, especially like in disasters and in when people are hurt or when people are in need, I think that's probably one of our highest callings that we can have as a human. Um, I think when you can when you help people, um, that's your and, and I feel like some of these things that that I've been able to participate in and continue to look at are, are, are places I can help people. If I can help people have more fun, that's helping people. If I can people help people be healthier, that's more, that's, that's, that's some fulfilling stuff. If I go out and and have an effect and make people healthier, I'm like, what else, what else can I do on, on, on this planet more valuable than that? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but maybe somebody could tell me. I mean, they've done the studies, right? Like if you honestly help somebody, it does give you fulfillment and happiness. Like it's, it's oh, a yeah. selfish act of giving. It's yeah. called the selfish act of giving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of new things, like what are like over the next couple of years, what are some of your big, big goals? Like top, top three goals for the next few years. Well, survive parenting, you know, <laughs> yeah. I got my oldest yeah, daughter uh, already, you know, my oldest daughter graduated from college and she's got a job in her, her, her chosen uh, subject. And then I, you know, I'm 15 and 11. So, you know, just get these girls and, and, uh, love, you know, get, keep, keep my, my relationship with Gabby and my love for Gabby. But in the, in the, in the, you know, out there in the other part, um, outside of the confinements of the most important thing is health, health and happiness within your home, um, would be, uh, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, XPT is one of them. Yeah. Um, because of that, all that what kind of health and wellness. And then my, um, I have a business right now, uh, a Laird Superfoods, uh, that, that is having a, a pretty uh, profound effect on people and, and we're it's growing exponentially, you know, exponentially in that. I think, you know, those are areas of interest. I have personal kind of more selfish things about riding waves and big this and far that and fast that, but that's, that's a little, I described that as a little bit more, um, kind of food for my soul, yeah. you know, like a little bit like food for my soul, but the real, you know, I, I think, I think this, the superfood and the XPT and these other things are connected to having a huge impact on people, um, in their, in their, in their, when their health and wellness, which is directly connected to their, uh, to their, to their, to their health, mental health as yeah. well, that by through this, through the, you know, we're physical beings, whether we believe it or not. And if you're not physically feeling well, you, your, your brain doesn't function correctly. Um, and so I, I think if we can have a, you know, an effect on getting people to, you know, and also figuring out how how to have, get people to have more fun. I mean, people just stop having, I think we get a little older and we think fun is for kids. We always connect fun with kids. And I'm like, actually, no fun is, was designed for humans, like for people, we should be having fun until we die and play is a big part of it huh play just play right play is a big fun. part of life play. Yeah. like we forget learn we forget we forgot how to play yeah. we forgot how to play it's like we for and that and i can remember as a kid there was nothing else more important that was the single your object your whole thing was to play and i mean i've made a career out of play <laughs> um you know and but i started as a kid going hey what's the i mean what do you what do you as a kid what do you want to do eat sleep and play and yeah. how much fun can i have and let's do it again the next day and we're going to do it the rest of our life and then we get a little older and then before you know it life kind of wears us down you get thing you get obligation you get work you get family pretty soon it's like 
play goes out and then our idea of play is go get drunk. And then I'm like, well, no, that's not play. That's actually undermining your health, which yeah. is going to, like, I know temporarily it gives you some relief, but in the long term, it's not going to, it's not going to fulfill that. It's not going to fill that void, um, which can only be filled by, you know, ultimately it's play, but enjoyment and happiness uh, in the, in the real sense of the word. Yeah, that's well said. Um, and on the health side, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see the, the VA finally kind of coming around a more holistic yeah. solutions. Um, yeah. You know, I know when I got out, they're just this whole opiate craze. They just want to throw, they want to, sure. oh, your back's hurting you. Oh, here's some codeine and, and we want to, we want to operate on you. And th- yeah. thankfully my friend at the time was a neurosurgeon. He's like, you just need yoga. And, yeah. and I did, huh. I started practicing yoga and I was like, oh my God, my back has never felt better. I, I'm not, not going out of me anymore. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's so important. Well, I think it was, I remember, um, no, I was going to say, I think we're, we're, we're getting to the point now too, where, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to suppress knowledge right now. Yeah. Right. Oh, so it's getting harder. It's not that we're not able to, it's just, it's getting harder to suppress yeah. information and the, and we're getting the information. So we're not having the kind of excuse of, Hey, we don't know anymore. We're not having, you know, it's not like, you know, before where ignorance was bliss. Now we know. And so now we have to kind of avoid knowing, but, but definitely like you said, Hey, I don't need a surgery and a bunch of meds. I need yoga. Well, that's just movement. At the end of the day, I just, you just need to move and, you know, movement heals a lot of stuff. And then you throw diet in on movement and pretty soon, and then you do a little bit of breath work and then you have breathing, food and movement. And then all of a sudden, Wow, I'm almost, you know, and then and then and then we have some spiritual stuff and some connected, you know, realizing we're connected with nature and 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 that you know the connectivity of things. And I think, listen, I think people need to scare themselves a little bit. Yeah. I, I just think people are not getting scared enough. I think we were designed to be scared. We have all these great things that happen to us when we get scared because we've been scared a long time, and the fact that we stop becoming scared one day. I think really that that was one of the things that started to undermine our health. And I don't care what anybody tells me. You get a little scared. It brings everything right into line. Like it, it brings you right into really the fragility of existence. Right. When you when you think about free solo where the guy's hanging and if he slips with the finger, it's over. And he's like that for four hours. He's in that position where at any second, if anything, if he slips at any piece of him slips, he's it, it's over um that that you know you don't need to do that and that guy's you know he can do that because he's evolved his whole life to do that and that's what he does but just a little bit just yeah. a little bit of that can be good for people so i think there's there's i think there's you know there's some fundamental and that's part of the reason you know i, I feel like life writers that it, it can be another good tool the force of nature the book that, that that i had before was had yogas and a bunch of other you know a bunch of other fitness stuff in there and some nutrition stuff and just pieces you know because i feel like i'm fortunate because i've made a career out of kind of health and wellness and sport and all these things and i get exposed to incredibly intelligent people uh, and I learn from them and then I take these tools and try to implement it and my friends implement it and so it's it's kind of like pass it on we just yeah. feel like hey and the, and the book is a way to pass that on to people and uh, and we see listen we run these XPT 
um, these XPT camps where we take 25 people for two days. Yeah, I was going to ask and then, you get into the XPT stuff because I've actually I've been, I tried to sign up last year. So I'm gonna, I think you have a course in November, but yeah, tell us yeah. about the XPT. Well, XPT is like a two and a half day experiential, like it's like a boot camp. It's like it's a mini, it's a little mini boot camp that we that we run that that. Uh, but it's not we're, we're not it's not about what you can't do. It's ultimately about what you can. But it's just exposing you to a few different modalities and letting you kind of um, get some tools. Uh, and, and you don't and, need and, to be a super athlete to to no, sign up. for This XPT is just everybody. Day. We have every we we. It's it's a full you know. <clears throat> I believe I, I believe that if it's not scalable, it's not sustainable. Yep. So if you if the kids can't do it and the grandparents can't do it or some version of it, that it's really not viable. Like I just I just I question the validity of any wellness, health, fitness program that's not scalable. You know, I mean, yoga, that's scalable. Yeah, it can do it. A, a, an athlete can do it. And grandma and grandpa can do it, too. So it, it, there again, scalable. There, it gives it validity. I think. Yeah, I think nutrition's the same way. It's why I. I mean, I always get a lot of flack for saying this because <laughs> CrossFit is so such a, you know, yeah. cultural phenomenon. phenomenon but, yeah. But yeah. it's. I. I just look at CrossFit. I'm like, I just don't see being able to like scale that into old age, right? Like that's. Well, you can't. Yeah, it's just too. Yeah, hard I don't on think the you body. can. I don't know anybody that can. It seems like. Yeah. It seems like it's pretty isolated to a very elite yeah. group that can participate, and maybe there's versions of it. But most, it, most philosophically, I think it's pretty. I mean, you look at the people yeah. that are great at it. It's a specific body type. It's a you know, it's a specific age group. I mean, it, it, it's it you know, I don't see it being great for kids and grandma. That's yeah. not kids and grandma. No, not, yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Um, man, I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I know we gotta let you go. Um. Can you just give if one piece of advice for somebody that's kind of stuck finding purpose? Does anything come to mind if you could just leave the audience with one thing? Well, first of all, you have to, you have to, it has to be something that you like. You have to, you know, and everybody has it. I, I have a, a friend that's running a program and he's, he says, you know, find your superpower, whatever that is. But I, you know, I, I, when it comes to, you know, you, you can, I mean, listen, I, I've been subsidizing, you know, I, I used to say, you know, I subsidize my surfing with excavation work. You know, I would do anything to subsidize and people, people have jobs, right. That, yeah. And they're earning a living and they pay their bills and then, but they're not getting a lot of enjoyment out of that. Yeah. Find something that you enjoy doing that, that. And I don't mean drinking on Sunday with the boys, high fiving at the game, but I'm talking about something that you enjoy that, that brings you fulfillment, yeah. that brings you fulfillment, like makes you feel, and whether it's make building something, helping children at the thing, at farming, whatever it is, you, it's there. And, and that's, it's there. And you, there's a specific one for you that just works for you. You're just connected. It's in your DNA. And I, I don't know it because I don't know the people, but they can find it and they'll know it when they do it. They'll feel it and they'll be like, wow, I really this really fills me and just you and, 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 you know, put that, get that on when you can on the weekend, if you can on slip it in, just try to keep, try to build off of that, off of that. And, 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 and look for that. Look, ask the question, you know, ask that question at make what, what is it like open your mind to the search of it. Right. There's a great brain doctor I was listening to. And he was just saying that as soon as you realize that your brain, that we're all capable of genius, that's the first step in being genius. Yeah. 
And so at the end of the day, you just go, hey, look, I'm looking for the I'm looking for my purpose. Your purpose might just walk right in right in front of you and you don't know what it is and what it looks like. But everybody has it. We, it's all there. It's 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 always available. It's like people saying there's no work. I go, there's more work to be done on the planet yeah. than there'll ever be people to do it. Yeah. So don't don't. That's just a disclaimer to go sit back down and, and you know, uh, you know, play on your rocker or whatever. <laughs> all right. Hey. Man, it's been great. I, I'd love to have you back on the show. And if you're if you're coming to New York for the, I don't know if you're coming for the book tour. Yeah, well, um, I'm going to be bouncing around a little bit. Got a bunch of different things between the superfood and the. Yeah. But if you're in the yeah. city, look me up because um, okay, I'll I'll take you flying over the Statue of Liberty upside down. I, I got a I got a new plane I'm picking up out in San Francisco. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's a. Well, my C my my C uh, my uh, CEO at Laird Superfood, my buddy Paul is is a is a expert pilot. So I fly with him all the time. He just got one of those, uh, uh, what is that? The LX seven. Have you seen that thing? No. What, what, uh, is it a single engine or a jet, a single engine, four seater, uh, pressurized cockpit. They got the shoot in there. They got that, uh, that Cirrus shoot in it. Okay. Cause his nice. wife won't let him fly without it. But, but he was doing, he was just saying he was doing like 310 miles an hour at 21,000 feet the other day, saying like 17 gallons an hour. Yeah, that's so, good. I, I fly with a group of guys that are all like military fighter pilot, top gun guys. And we have this like that you've seen the movie Fight Club. Yeah. We kind of have the same thing. Twice a year we meet. It's all under wraps. We have a, okay. a Hollywood director that flies with us. And we just – go full on dog fighting for for 4 days straight. It's a blast. What are you guys what do you what are you guys in? I've we fly Yak 50s, which is a okay. plane, it's a Russian plane, very affordable, 400 horsepower, big radial engine, uh, single seat and it's just it's just such a great. It's like being in a yeah. it, even it's though a, it's an It's a pilot's plane, yeah. Yeah, it's a tail wheel. It's it's yeah. um, you know, it's made in the '80s, but it looks like it's a World War II plane. As that same Yak 50, huh? Yeah, Yak yeah. 50. Um, and then I just bought. Did you guys, it. Where do you guys uh, wreak that chaos? Um, Gillespie Field, San Diego. Oh yeah, yeah there you go. Meet up. So yeah, good clear airspace just to the east, and it's a blast. I mean, one of the guys that helped train me up has got 400 hours flying the space shuttle. Oh <laughs> yeah, know, it's just good, good group of guys. Yeah, but, not so you're not so. So what you're saying is you got a bunch, a bunch of rookie pilots. I yeah, got, no, I yeah, no rookies. Um, but it's a blast. But I, I just bought a, a Sakata. Um, it's a, a TB30 Epsilon. It's a military trainer for the French. Yeah, but uh, 300 horsepower Lycoming, and it's it's a fast kind of cross-country plane but it's aerobatic yep. so and yeah. i like i keep it on in the in long island and take people over the hudson river and statue of liberty yeah. and do a little bit of inverted flight but it's good perfect good you can take me inverted i, I got yeah. i i flew i flew out of what down in san diego i got to go with the i got to go with the big the, the blue, blue angels and do the whole deal yeah they they, deal. Uh, they pulled some g where they gave me three <laughs> i had three negative seven positive or something you know yeah yeah oh, yeah Pack up your lunch if you're not careful. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> All right, Laird. Well, hey, and I hope to see you out at the XPT too. I, I think I'm going to try and bring my daughter out there and spend some okay, well, time. Okay, well, we look forward to seeing you, and uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and yeah. keep up the good fight. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll put all the links up for the books and stuff, and, and okay. again, thank, thanks okay. uh, to Gabby for setting setting us up. Yeah, the grand the grand coordinator. <laughs> all right, Laird. Thank Take you, care, right. man. See you. Aloha. All right, man, what a great interview. I could talk to Laird for another hour easy. Um, 
you know, he talked, I thought he gave some good advice on, on purpose. And it was funny. I have a, a quick story to share. I had a, a friend who's a seal buddy. He was basically uh, fabricated before it became popular to live in your truck. Uh, my friend Shane was literally like totally redid this truck and traveling the, the country with his dog. He's living this amazing life. And then he did some side work for a friend of ours and, um, you know, welding some actually ironically some CrossFit, uh, workout stuff. And he's like, man, I think I want to make a business out of this. And I think, you know, I could make some money. And, and our friend, our mutual friend is actually Mark Devine. He, he, he runs seal fit out of Encinitas, uh, which is just North of San Diego said, well, what do you want to do eventually? He's like, well, you know, I just want to kind of travel and, um, you know, basically describe what he was doing already. And Mark's like, well, why would you like throw all this complication and, and work in the middle of what you're already doing? Like if that's what you were, where you want to end up, you're kind of already there. So, um, anyway, just, uh, good stuff. Um, hope you guys enjoyed, uh, having Laird on the show, please go pre-order his book, Life Rider, Heart, Body, Soul, Life Beyond the Ocean. Um, the pre-orders do help. I know that as an author. Um, and we'll, we'll get Laird back in studio soon. So hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll see you next week. Episode 57, Power of Thought, Freedom is the New Rich. You've been listening to The Power of Thought with Brandon Webb. Freedom is the New Rich. Follow Brandon on Instagram and Twitter at Brandon T. Webb and follow the show at Power of Podcasts.